Hey, Caleb. So we're, uh, it's been a while since we've done another GW, GDW Game Designers Workshop episode, uh, and I know we're going to be talking about Prepress, which I think a lot of people compare to Christmas, uh, because... It's a time of terrible anxiety that yeah. makes you miserable, but you have to pretend to be excited about it anyway. Uh, well, I was just going to say it was exciting, and you're like, because uh, your present, i.e., the final book, will be is so close. But uh, you know. but you got to like stand in line in a freezing maelstrom to get that present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like Christmas. Yeah, a lot of expectation. Uh, yeah, and a lot of chances you could ruin everything forever. Yes, just like yeah. that Christmas. It dinner. could all end in tears and yeah. like drunkenly drinking the eggnog <laughs> to forget. All right, so yeah, free press. So yeah, uh, in this episode we're going to be talking about prepress, which is the basically getting the book ready for publication, like as in send to a printer and actually turn into a whole dead tree thing that you can hold in your hand. And uh, having gone through it with a project, the scale of Red Markets now. Yeah, tell uh, what what is the Red Market scale at this point? Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, having having gone through it at this point, I think it's distinct from layout because, like, if you're doing oh, yeah. if you're doing your own layout, that's a different. You know, you're trying to determine your style guide. You're trying to determine the look of basic pages, where page numbers are, that kind of stuff. Um, series of graphic design concerns that you can hire someone else to do, like I did with the very capable Kyle and Cat. or you can do yourself if you have like the InDesign skills, like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think pre-press is distinct from that because either you're doing something different than basic layout uh, when you're getting ready to actually send it to the printer. Or if you are the graphic design person, you're working with someone else preparing to send it to the printer. So it becomes a sort of collaborative effect. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the book is at currently. So um, it is this um, – What I've if I had a thesis statement – which I typically do. If I had a thesis statement for it, is that the act of publishing is the act of it's finally done, except for this, 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 and this. And that list never seems to go down. Like, I don't know if you felt like this, mm-hmm. but like, you do things that are like enormous, massive undertakings. You're yeah. like, yes, that part's finished. Now I can move on to these other 82 things before I get a book in there. And then 20 things later, you're like, oh shit, that first thing, I, t- I gotta go redo that yeah. and redo these other 19 things. Because like, it all cascades. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and it's this endless hellish cycle of just nitpicking and right. uh, pixel bitching. Uh, yeah, prepress is the preparing it to send to a commercial printer so that it will be printed in bulk, which means this is the last step you have uh, before it's it's it, mistakes are irreversible. Yeah, but uh, as a last step, yeah, it is many. Innumerable micro steps. I mean, so. I think that's the biggest thing is like prepress is sort of at your discretion, and like you have to at some point make a decision to send it off. Like you have to send it off at some point, or you're not going to have a book. And so there's always that huge anxiety, like what did I miss? And yeah, I don't know how many books exist on computers done because of the cost of making a book, and the prepress sucked so bad somebody quit. 
Yeah. But uh, I know there are a number of books that never got written because someone actually did their research and learned what pre press involves, and they're just like, nah, fuck all that. I'll yeah. make a Word document. Because um, I know I'm there right now, but yeah. the book's coming out anyway at this point. <laughs> you owe too much We are money. pot committed. You owe books to people. Uh, we're all in. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is just a it is a process. And unless you are a just like freak genetically engineered to do this for a living, it is not the part of the process that got you fired up to do it in the first yeah. place. I can almost assure you of that. <laughs> because the thing is, um, you're basically interfacing with an entirely different career path, uh, an industry, uh, you know, commercial printing that you almost certainly don't have any experience with. It's a very technical profession with very exacting, demanding standards. Uh, with a, you know that are empirically measured, either the page is printed correctly or it's not. And I think uh, printers should be called book mechanics, yeah, because it's that complex. Like, it, it, yeah. It's extremely complex, and you've never had any experience with it or very minimal experience. Going to you know Kinkos does not count. Yes, um, and you have to get it perfectly. Like mm. it's like. You know, taking some new being like, all right, your car's broken and we the engine, you know, got a tree through the uh, engine block. Fix it or or build, no, more accurately. Here's some parts. Build a car. Yeah. Like, yeah, we gave you a machine shop. <laughs> yeah, Just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that's why it's so hard. It, it's unfamiliar. It's stuff you've never encountered before. There's a lot of technical jargon. Uh, there's a lot of uh, requirements you're going to be feeling, you're familiar with. And the commercial printer. Probably, you know, there are varying degrees of sympathy and hand-holding among different commercial printers. But Widely it's, varying. Uh, but it's never going to be an- – they're going to assume – even the most generous and sympathetic and nicest commercial printer is going to assume that you can do some things on your own. Yes. Uh, so you have to do – you have to walk on your own. It's sink or swim. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go through some of those baffling terms and what they mean. And uh, how we're learning about them. But in the grand tradition of RPPR GDW, <laughs> fucking up in real time, um, if I miss a major term, I probably yeah. missed a major term in Red Market's printing. And sorry, because <laughs> that's going to have repercussions. Uh, but we're doing our best. So uh, here's what we've covered so far. So um, art direction does wrap back around into pre-press for multiple reasons, in that there is a reason why it is the best to have all of your text done before you do anything else. And the reason Red Markets was a suboptimal project for that result, because I needed to launch it that summer if I was ever going to get it done. I didn't want to sit on it a whole other year with only the setting left to write. And um, doing it in increments is problematic because with art, especially if you have any landscape pages that breach across left-right divide, you have this sort of left-right continuity that you have to maintain. So if you have a a strip of half-page art that goes from page 11 to page 12, you really need it to not start on page 12 and then finish on page 13. So that's a uh, element of like where when we did Red Markets and when this book in sections, where it was really problematic after we had these complete sections done to bring all three sections together. Because suddenly you have on yourself like needing to lose three pages or add a page or, or, or stuff like that. Um, which is why like if you have all the text done, edited, ready to go before Kickstarter launches, 
you can throw that in a layout. You can just have blank spaces. You can just assign artists to blank spaces, and then they make yeah, art. You can solve problems more. But easily. almost no books are put together that way because you know you have tying tables. You have, yeah, like to put things. You have to get together funding before you can get art and get layout people. Um, so to put it on a more basic level, like um, uh, you may not occur to you, but like everything that you put on a page takes up space, and that means you can't put other things in that space. So every piece of uh, art displaces some text and every text displaces what could otherwise be art. Um, and also once, if you have chapters, if you're not doing like a novel or something like that, you want to have some sort of division in the book. That means that this certain subject matter text has to end on a certain page and begin. You have to begin a new chapter. Yeah, Your art is an element of helping people sift through a complex technical writing document. Yeah. So, so like, it ne- sometimes the art needs to be, right on the header where it describes. Sometimes it could be on the next page or beneath it if it's more setting information, but sometimes it has to be like right there at the beginning of the chapter. So if you write, for example, a, a, you know, a chapter on character creation and it takes up 10 pages, you know, that's five, two page spreads. But if it's 10 pages and then one paragraph, what are you going to do? Your choices are one, have one page, you know, page 11, the 11th page, have one paragraph and nothing else one paragraph and then you fill the rest with artwork uh and then you have that you have to also think about that that page now if, uh, that page 11 is a left page that means that's you know there's another right page do you start the new chapter on the next page or do you you know continue on have an even spread so like uh or do you get rid of that one paragraph of text so you can have 10 nice you know five spreads five two page spreads and just everything's nice and even and it looks nice you know and has symmetry so there's a lot of cutting or adding material to make it fit on a certain number of pages. Yeah. And that's not fun. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, you have to write to the columns lit. Like you're basically rewriting your book based on like these raw amount of space. That's going to require you to redo the entire book or redo this series of paragraphs and make it lose a paragraph or make it add a page or like you just try and figure you're writing to these like physical mechanical requirements yeah that you need to get the book done now you might say like you're an artist and you have to i i want it's my vision i can't change one word well you can do that but then you that means it's much harder to make that book make sense on a practical level um i can't remember which kickstarter was i think it was like a third-party supplement for 13th age and they did that and the PDF came out, and no one could find anything. And so, like, literally, they can't print the book because they don't have any money left to relay it out so that it's comprehensible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, we're still in art direction, though. So, yeah. in addition to your art, you have to make sure everything has a DPI. That's uh, digital pixels per inch. Uh, dots per inch, yeah. Dots per inch, yeah. Um, so, uh, that is a rating of the image's quality. So for print quality, you need 300 DPI or above, whereas most of the images you will find online are going to be 32 or 72. Uh, you can see DPI if you've ever done like a PowerPoint in school and tried to scale up an image you pulled off of Google Image Search, yeah. and then it gets grainy looking and shitty, even if you're just pulling from the corners and keeping the the pixel by pixel angle right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, so your DPI needs to be high enough and you got to make sure all your art is that way. Um, and sometimes your artists send you like thumbnails or sometimes they send you things. So with red markets, we have something like 196 pieces of art in the book. It's just a very pretty, a lot, a lot of art, uh, nearly 200. So, 
Um, I was getting updates with at least three milestones according to the contracts for every fucking piece of that. So, like, sometimes in the art you have, like, a lower DPI image that was sent as a preview so you could download it quickly as an attachment rather than the the larger DPI version that's got to be sent through Dropbox or something. And sometimes it sneaks into your final files, so you got to, like, correct that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing I uh, keep in mind DPI uh, to give you some you know dots per inch that's how much information is contained in a square inch of the artwork yeah. uh, in general so for web things you on a, you see on a uh, on a screen are usually 72 DPI yeah uh, 72 dots per inch and uh, print the average is 300 dots per, uh, if not yeah. higher if not higher it depends on what you're printing uh, and what it is now one thing about this information is in Photoshop you can stretch images like if you have or you can reduce them so for example if you have a 72 dpi enhance yeah well like if you have a 72 dpi image but it's like a very very large image like 5000 by 5000 pixels in size you could squeeze it down and make it into a 300 dpi image it's just going to be smaller than what it would be and vice versa you could take a uh, uh so um, but yeah, in general, you want artists to send you the image at its exact size at 300 DPI, so you don't have to like stretch or, you know, convert anything in Photoshop. Um, they also need to be in CMYK color space. I don't know if you're going to talk about. Yeah, that. so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I was going to talk about proportions. Oh yeah, you can do that. Too, so yeah. uh, you have DPI, but you also have the you know uh, height and width of the image. Yeah, which is going to depend on that. So if you have a paper size, it's good to establish that before you even start. So you can tell a artist that it's going to be this paper size and it's going to be a proportion of this paper pie size. So yeah. we're going to be an A4 book, which is 8.5 by 11 standard paper size. At that point, you can tell the artist, I want one-fourth, like a quarter panel of that, or I want half of that, or I want a full page of that, yeah. or I want a half-page landscape. So I want uh, something to stretch across both sides of the page. That's going to let them do proportion. But that's pixel bitching size-wise. So um, sometimes you're going to have images that aren't sized right, and you're going to have to send art back. Or, to- have, or crop it yourself you can yes. That. So, for instance, in, in red markets, I have an image showing the f- the multiple stages of the infection, and it is a it's it's presented like a series of um, security cam footage with mm-hmm. like uh, dates and times at the bottom with the same figure in a room like going through stages of infection. And it's basically a four panel comic. Yeah. Um, but like. That was problematic because we had it sized right for the full A4 page, but the the panels weren't spaced correctly, so they looked scrunched or cut off at certain areas. So, like sometimes you have to go back and you know resize and proportion it the the do proportions even if the DPI is correct. Um, sometimes you you can find workarounds. Uh, like for example, in that one, you could have. Uh, crop that and basically copied it three times and just crop each panel make that a separate panel. Well, that's another thing we did. So Chris has a gorgeous piece of art on the book that we might reuse in a supplement that was um, I asked him to make a taker map, a map with various taker things and he wanted to do it on a Canadian region so he did that Um, and he just went hard in the paint for it. Like he did really well. Yeah. Uh, But, but it was a one-fourth scale image, and nothing was visible on it. So we did a hard zoom on that image and cut a portion out of it so you yeah. could see the scribbles, whereas like if it was a full-page image, there could be a lot of fucking detail on that um and same thing with his world map like so his world map in that is going to be a half page. We can do that whereas like he did the world map where you can scale it in on continent size and see mm-hmm. various like additional details. Um, and that's the thing. Like 
we scaled out really hard because we needed an overview. Whereas we ever get to carry an economy, we'll have we have like continent zooms where you have more detail on the same map. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that proportions is another aspect in addition to DM, DPI. But you were talking about color. So if you're going to yeah. print color, your main issue is that the majority of images for online viewing are RGB. Uh, so red, green, blue color spectrum. Whereas almost all printing is going to be CMYK, which stands for... Cyan, magenta, yellow, and K stands for black. Uh, yeah. Kind of. It's basically black. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Welcome, uh. to the, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome under the hood of a book yeah. where K stands for black. Yep. Um, so you're going to have to uh, do that. So either you need to have all your artists turn it in CMYK... Or you convert it, which is actually a pretty easy fix in Photoshop now. Uh, but that was a lot darker and harder to do back in uh, the olden days if someone didn't turn you in CMYK art. Well, one thing to keep in mind is um, basically, yeah, RGB uh, means that every single color you see is a combination of red, green, and blue. And those are rated on a scale from 0 to 255, I think. Um, and... Uh, then CMYK, they, it's a combination of cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Uh, and those each have a numerical value as well. Um, I don't remember what the exact range was. But when you can, so it takes the RGB value and converts it into what it would be in CMYK. Most of the time, it'll be, you won't notice a difference. But on certain colors, especially really uh, deep blues, very intense blues, it'll become more faded. So there may be, if you're doing like a game set in a neon cyberpunk thing with really bright and intense colors, you want the artist to natively work in CMYK yeah. rather than converting because you will there will be a color shift. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and art in red markets is sort of, you know, predominantly realistic. Yeah. Like, if there's any sort of expressionistic tones, it's in sort of a Waller color or a blur. Yeah, I, didn't, I wouldn't imagine it would be a problem. Yeah, so it's not a huge color uh, issue on mine, but you do need people composing in CMYK. Uh, you, it's most noticeable with, like, photographs. If you're, like, yes. a bright blue sky is... It's no- extremely noticeable in yeah, photographs, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh, another thing is also with proportion, I did want to mention, go back quickly, is you set the proportions of what you want. You know, like, there's no industry standard that, uh, that images have to be according page it's entirely your aesthetic choice but like photographs have certain like digital camera photos have certain built-in ratios if you're yeah using. ratios yeah so uh certain proportions so you might want to think it would be a lot easier if oh if i'm using a lot and a of professional things. freelancer artist can compose for almost any ratio yeah but they need to know exactly what that is and you could, i would look at other books to kind of figure out what ratios and what size pictures are how yeah. much to take up on the page to see what kind of effect it has we were relatively simplistic in red markets and that we did fine. we yeah. did four panels yeah uh but yeah we didn't do any like big uh like cut pages like yeah. you see in like those 90s comics. but if you use a digital photo and you know you're using a lot of digital photos and you know what the proportion of that digital photo is that make your <laughs> your image yeah boxes. you're not gonna be able to correct that after the fact yeah it's gonna require a lot of work if you don't yeah, work with what you know and, you know, work – if you know what your art is going to be this size and this proportion, then make your boxes in your layout file that way. So, Yeah, so the other thing is that – and this is the final thing. You need to get a, a rough amount of words per page. Mm-hmm. 
So the chances are you probably haven't written the whole thing and been able to pay someone to lay the whole thing out and then just have a PDF document with blank spaces that artists need to fill because almost no books are written that way. Yeah. The chances are you're probably working from a Word document. You're going to send that off to a layout or person. Or yeah. Scrivener. And you're going to be also commissioning art at the same time, which is what I did. So you need a, a rough amount of like, okay, if I lay out art this May... And if I have a certain number of pages in here, and let's say I have a certain split, like I have amongst 20 pages, two half pages, uh, uh, three one-fourth pages, and a full page, how many words can I get into that unit of pages? Uh, And that's what you use to determine, like, okay, I need art roughly every number of pages, so it's equally sequenced throughout the book. And um, I need to make sure that I know how long my book's going to be because mm-hmm. you're going to have to make print decisions well before you see even draft one of a PDF. Um, yeah, and one there, there's easy ways to get estimates. Uh, like what you could do is come up with templates for pages. They're like, oh, here's what a mm-hmm. page with a quarter. Here's what a page with half an image. You know, this half image, half text. Uh, and then what InDesign has is you can select a box and tell it to fill it with placeholder text which is just lorem ipsum generic text that's supposed to mimic how much text. And then, of course, if it's formatted the same way, then you can copy and paste that into Word to see what the word count is. So that's easy. Oh, this has, this page will have 300 words of text approximately. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I figured that out. Uh, so if you remember the combat preview from the Red Markets Kickstarter, I figured that out early on because uh, I did pay to have 20 pages laid out initially. Um, and the way we basically did that is we did 12 pages at uh, – art every six pages and then we did eight pages at art every uh no we did it the other way we did 12 pages at art every four pages and then we did uh i think we did 12 pages at art every six pages so it would be about 24 um and then um i used that to figure out average word count so i figured my average word count for the additional art was about uh 585 words per page uh, even though you would have pages with just two columns of text in your basic RPG book and then pages with art. So I used that to determine my final page count of 400. Uh, and I fucked that up real bad. I fucked that up, ri- I fucked that right up. Yeah, and 585 I, seemed a little high, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I messed it up, but... Uh, well, I think there are some things to keep in mind. One, not only artwork, but also the little... Um, I forgot the term, but the little inserts, like you have post-it notes. And other yeah, things. for blank spaces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's probably an element where I fucked it also up. Also grab other elements like... My average, my sample size wasn't large enough for the book of the size. It was going to be 400 pages when it was 24 pages. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I estimated that I was going to be wrong on that, and we adjusted, and I figured, okay, you can go through and cut a bunch of like full chapters, because at this point, you can't pair words out. Once you're starting laying out a PDF, you can't start like picking a word here or picking a word there because you fucked up life left right continuity right the hell up and like none of the art makes any sense. It's not matching anything else. Or you have art right next to art and it looks like a picture book. Or yeah, all that kind of stuff's messed up. Um, so I was looking like, all right, either we got to go back to the drawing board and I got to cut huge chapters out of this book or I can do it. So I figured out, I'm like, oh, we can get it in at 448. And I look at my budget. I'm like, I over-budgeted for that precise reason. We can cover it. And then I get the actual page count back. And it's more in the 500 reason. So um, announcement, 
Uh, Red Market is going to be 496 pages long. MLG. Yeah, no. It, I've made my heartbreaker, <laughs> and I will be buried in it. Uh, as will you, as you try and lift it. Um, the, the, the consolation is that if the zombies do actually come, you will be able to survive using only a, com- uh, a copy of Red Market as them. a bludgeon. Just two um, pallets surrounding Yes, <laughs> so it's going to be a thick motherfucking book but um uh that's the thing we're not going to cut any content because uh, you know i'm looking at i'm looking at the new unknown armies which is a gorgeous beautiful book very well laid out and stuff like that but you need three books to play that game uh and red markets is not that it's that long but you need to bring one book to play that game uh so technically you only need the first two like three is just ancillary material i guess but yeah i mean they sold it as three it's gonna be a big old book and like so in retrospect uh the d100 table probably should have been a supplement the nba rules probably should have been a supplement uh i mean if i'm looking at economic terms i probably could have made more money that way it would have been a slimmer volume and less intimidating but uh, that would also push the project back years to start over and refigure that out. Yeah. So fuck it. We got it in the budget. Big ass monster book. It was supposed to be a learning experience. But, you know, the words per page is yeah. important, like vitally important. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the main thing, the biggest lesson is obviously the more you plan ahead of time, the less you have to worry about during pre-press. So if you have your, your at least your draft locked in and you know how many pages how many words it is and then you can ha- you know do a better estimate of the the word count per page um then, but yeah, yeah. I, that's hard to do I it mean, is like, hard to do I'm, I'm talking about like yeah that would be great and that's what i originally intended on doing but like reality is yeah. gonna have its say like so like laura cut yeah like fucking eighty thousand words out of this bitch already like laura's a fantastic editor like it's not like she's just like every word caleb writes is gold like she eliminated entire chapters like enormous sections of text and we're still here because yeah. i'm a bad writer um oh. but like you you do all that and and that's the thing like and the amount of forward planning even for like a hundred page book to like have multiple drafts combed through and multiple edits done and like every word perfect and down to its narrowest like meaning that's a lot to ask of anyone like yeah. and like i also don't know where you got the money for all that editing and layout you did once you had those perfect words before you started hiring artists so i mean it can be done people have done it before well i, think, I got close yeah. but yeah. i still didn't get close enough to not cause problems yeah so. well i mean a lot yeah again a lot of this also goes back to like ambition and understanding uh, you were very, very ambitious. So uh, if you're listening to this at home, you know, you may like take your project and like, oh, maybe I should split it into two books just to be on the safe side, especially if you don't have any experience doing this. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on the scale of your project, too. Like if you're doing yeah, or maybe start off with like an indie game and not a yeah. honking ass, enormous economic simulator yeah. with multiple long term and no. alternate rule sets and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, huge mistake on my part. But here we are um i mean i I think it's a great product uh you're getting your fucking money's worth for Mm -hmm. goddamn sure uh and it's not like it's 500 pages of just raw text it's not a manifesto like there's art all up in them some bitches yeah uh but and the books are and the pages are laid out so that you can read the text easily yeah no yeah it looks great economically 
the not optimal decision, uh, which is ironic for a book about economics. Um, So, yeah. Uh, so once you get there, and then you have the added requirements of print requirements. So mm-hmm. wherever you're going to get this book printed will have their own individual special snowflake requirements for how this document has to be laid out. Um, uh, so yeah. pretty, pretty much every commercial printer that I've dealt with will have written instructions on what they want uh, in a file. Um, to be submitted to them in terms of, and this is almost always like a PDF that's usually dozens of pages long. Uh, and it'll go over things. It'll mention things like, oh, art needs to be 300 DPI and blah, blah, blah. But it'll also say like the PDF needs to be exported using these settings on InDesign, mm-hmm. um, depending on who they are and what they are. Which knowing InDesign is like a sub-menu of a sub-menu of a menu of an alternate version of InDesign you don't own. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it, is, it gets particulate. Uh, the main thing is, what if you're unsure about anything, ask them because they it saves them more money and time to answer your question, have you do it right, than you to send them the wrong file, realize you fucked it up, and tell you to redo it. So, yeah. Uh, so don't be afraid to look stupid. <laughs> Because undoubtedly, if you're polite and nice and do your shit on time, you're probably in their top 10% of clients because they probably have to deal with a lot of shitty clients. Anyways. Yeah. So um, there is a ton of terms here where it gets really, really into the mechanics of it. So one of them is going to be... The most obvious might be divisibles or stitching. Mm -hmm. So depending on the press, your page number is going to have to be divisible by a certain number. Yeah. That relates to your stitching. So the printer I plan on using, uh, they stitch pages into the binding, meaning they um, thread actual thread through the pages and uh, put them onto the binding. Um, Not in like a gigantic three ring binder like you would at a big uh, binder at work or not as like a staple in the single point. They do it in individual units. So mine is a divisible. Mine is sixteen. They do sixteen yeah. page units of stitching. That's usually called a signature. Yeah. So that means that my divisible has to be by eight. So whatever page number you have in the book, it's got to be divisible by eight. So take all of that stuff you just did for art direction, everything for life, left, right, layout, everything to make sure it looks right. Everything that if you have like headers, they're at the top of the page with no text and uh, no widows, no orphans, one liners or are like at the top or the bottoms take everything you've done now make it fit with some arbitrary number that the pages have to be divisible by and you could be at you could be at step one now like some of us like a person talking in the microphone to you at this very moment because you suddenly have to like lose 12 pages or let not 12 lose like seven pages or add nine pages or like yeah it's just who it's, yeah. it's 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 another thing um so then uh you will have gutters and bleeds so gutter is the place near the binding so this is a space where you can't have text because it's between the two pages it's yeah between the, the two spi- pages is, where the spine of yeah, the book yeah. is where it gets to especially when you get in the middle of the book you can't have text there because it won't be readable yeah um, so you have to make sure that you fit the gutter of whatever their binding uh, usually element means is. like between a quarter to one inch, depending on the, the, the yeah. book, uh, a space that's just blank. You and that you... needs to be built in yeah. the layout, yeah. uh, even of a PDF. Yeah. 
PDF and normally needs to be spelled in base, base of a layout because PDFs can be read in two-page viewing. Yeah. A thing that doesn't have to be built into a PDF version of a book versus a print version of a book is something called bleed. So when they print pages, it's not an exact science. The page doesn't line up uh, to the micron every single time. Yeah. So they will have a bleed, which is a number of inches, that the page needs to continue beyond where you're going to have it. Well, usually it's a fraction of an inch. It's like yeah, yeah, most, well, like, yeah, it's an eighth or an eighth a fourth a or something yeah. like that. Um, where it has to go extend beyond what you plan to be readable. So um, for text, obviously, you want to be with inside the margins. You, want, you don't want text to bleed. But like, let's say you have a picture of an ocean. And you want it to bleed on the bottom and the right side. So that means if your picture is – if you're on an 8.5 by 11 page – So it can't be white space yeah. because if they cut it wrong, you're going to have this weird white border on the yeah. left and the right side. It has to be more picture of ocean. So let's just say it takes up the bottom half of an 8.5 by 11 page. So that means it's it the page itself is 8.5 wide. And so your page, so your image is normally eight and a half wide by five and a half high because that's half the page's height. But that means your picture actually has to be eight point seven five because a quarter inch on each, or if it's bleeding on the left and right, uh, then it's eight or it's uh, let's say eight point seven five inches, eight point five inches plus one point two five inches on the right plus point one two five inches on the left. And then uh, 5.625 because it's 5.5 for the page and then 0.125 for the bottom of the page. So that ocean, you have to tell that artist to make it You that have to tell size. them to buy you, – you have to buy art that's going to be cut off and thrown on the floor of the printer. Yes, yeah, so tell them it's not that important. So put everything that's cool like the yeah, giant – everything that's cool in yeah, in the area. So yeah, that's the thing. So like for me, one of the issues that came up was that our original plan was to go POD because I didn't expect Kickstarter to be as successful as it was. Thank you very much, people. Um, but that meant that the art that I did pre and during the Kickstarter congress was for the wrong bleed than the printer we ended up using when we decided to go mass market. So that's adjustments. That's making things like that. Sometimes that's hard. You are pixel bitching, so sometimes the artist just gets it wrong, and you got to get adjustments. So uh, we're in that phase now. Um, so another thing you have to consider after you do binding and divisibles and stitching and bleeds and gutters is uh, GSM, which the way we typically refer to that is paper weight, so the thickness of the paper. So uh, it will usually be... Uh so, uh, well, the easiest way is think about like super thin paper that you know you you print on your cheapest printer. Yeah, toilet that, paper versus the like, nice paper you use to print your resume. Yeah, on. yeah, resume paper, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, what is your book going to be made out of? Because that's the thing. Your book uh, typically they will adjust to this naturally in the printer, but you might find a printer that makes you do the f- things on the fly. Because if your book is a certain thickness, your gutter needs to be thicker in the middle. Now, most printers will have algorithms that figure this out and add on additional white space in the binding just to be thread through for the binding. But like when you have a 500-page book like Red Markets, the gutter in the middle is more actually like twice the size of the gutter at the ends because you still need to be able to read it even though you're not going to be able to see the additional paper in there for the binding. So uh, that's your GSM and that can be problematic because in the West with our dumbass standard of measurement we measure in weights so we measure it in like pounds 
pounds of paper. So, for example, your your delta green is like seventy weight, like seventy pounds or something like that. But the printer term is GSM, and seventy works out to be like a hundred and fifteen GSM. Um, and then once you have your GSM. You have to figure out your PPI. Fun with acronyms. <laughs> and that's your uh, pixels, your pages per inch. So if you have a certain GSM, you can use an algorithm to figure out how thick is my book going to be at this GSM versus this GSM versus this GSM. You can make your really, really page-heavy uh, book really thin if you lower your GSM, but your paper quality fucking sucks. Whereas if you have the finest of parchments for your enormous book, it's going to be th- three inches thick and look like a Gutenberg Bible. Uh, so, you, yeah, you really, uh, you really are playing uh, six of one, one half of a dozen, this, or the other on this, that one. This also matters because uh, when you design the cover, uh, usually covers are designed as one wraparound page and your your cover can't be designed until you have your pages printed. yeah because it, because it's not only your front cover and your back cover which you know the size of you don't know how big your spine is your spine is based like most printers i know create space it will tell you a formula it's like take number of pages multiply it by 0.0037415 if you're using this paperweight if you're using our standard paperweight and that's how many millimeters it is and it needs to be exactly like that uh, and also another – yeah, well, uh, I don't know if you talk about covers because there's this whole thing about wraparound art and like whether your cover image is going to bleed onto your spine or not. And that's, Yeah, we chose not to do that. Yeah. Uh, but that's a whole different level of nightmare. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So you, if you – like PPI seems like really particulate, but like you also don't know what your shipping costs are going to be until mm-hmm. you have your PPI. You don't know how to design your cover. Like it's any number of stuff, and you don't get your PPI with it until you have your GSM, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just, and you don't know what your GSM should be until you have your page numbers, and you know what your page numbers are until you have your gutter and your bleeds. So like that's the thing. That's what I talked about with my thesis statement. Like everything you change has this like catastrophic knockdown effect on everything you've already done. Like everything that everything that shifts has to like shift everything else. Uh, and it just becomes, becomes this house of cards, really, when you make a book. So, um, yeah, no, it, 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 it requires it, there's and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Some things are not under your control. Um, I've had I've worked on projects where we did everything right, and then we get the sample book back, and like, oh, the book the the spine is bent at an in, inward angle, and so like, uh, is this just a sample book, <laughs> or are we going to get like a thousand books with fucked up spines? Yeah. Um, so that's always fun to deal with. Um, I know I've had to, uh, and of course, uh, you're, you, this is simpler if you use a print on demand thing because then you can print exactly how many books. But obviously, if you're doing hardcover, if you're doing color, you need to have an offset print run, which we've talked about before. But that means you're getting a pallet or more of books that uh, are being shipped here. So, so uh, the thing is, is like then you get into economies of scale, mm-hmm. and then the bills of print costs. So. That's the thing. So I'm printing more pages, obviously, because I screwed that up. So I get new print quotes for the new pages. They're a little high. 
So my original plan is to have so many books in my inventory to sell after the Kickstarter. So you know your base end is like the number of Kickstarter packers. But the reason you run the Kickstarter is so you can maybe afford to actually make some money off this thing one day. So you're getting extra copies because there's an economy of scale. The more you print, the cheaper the per unit cost gets. So for example, if we were to print POD, a book like Red Markets, it would cost something like $35 per unit to make one. And then if I sold it, like I would lose money on every copy because if you sold it for like 50 or $60, you're looking at a 50% reduction for retail, yeah. for retail minus the cut of whatever distributor you have you takes. So you would literally be paying $15 a book to sell the book and it's untenable. So you've, you've got to do that. But if you print, Two thousands of the bastards. You can lower that print per price per unit way down, and maybe make some money off of it. So that's the principle. But here's the thing: it's based off the number of units you print, and it's based on the number of pages per unit. So if I uh, if I have put too many pages in now, and it's perhaps a little bit too much money. I could lower the number I print, still have plenty to give to backers, but I just have a little bit smaller inventory and I make a little bit of money off this print run. But I make a little bit of money off that print run because I'm not selling those books, but I also pay more for every individual book. So hypothetically, if I'm printing a book and it costs me $10 to print it at 2,500 copies, maybe that's too much since I've gone over by 100 pages. So then I cut it down to 1,500 copies. I cut 1,000 copies off. Well, yeah, I've, I'm not paying for those extra copies, but now my $10 a copy has jumped up to 15 or 16 or $17 according to their algorithm. So you're really paying this like endless game of like how many do I print, how many that it's always very tempting to order more cuz it's it's just that cheap that price per unit is really tempting. So Yeah, it is really tempting, but then I also have to move that many units. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to tell you how many I'm printing cuz it's probably really wrong. Uh, and no matter what I say, it will probably be wrong. I feel like I'm over-investing or under-investing or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's another thing. Like, So even if you've got these page issue numbers, if you've ever wondered like why they cut a big section of a book you like or something like that, it's because they didn't probably have overages on their budget. So like, I scheduled a shit ton of overages on my budget. Uh, and what I'm going to do now is that those overages are gone because I went over on page number is I'm going to use sales to fund like stretch goals because they're digital only releases. I can still swing that even if nobody buys digital it. slash POD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can still swing that even if um, no one buys another copy ever again off my like regular salary. I could fund those eventually to come out. So I'm basically just going to use sales to build up the uh, stretch goal money that has now been eaten by the additional printing cost. Uh, but I mean, I could also get different print quotes, but you're also working with people that do this for their job. And if you're asking for a new print quote every fucking day, like they're going to be pissed off because they have to calculate that. They have to take yeah, that hours to of work. For them, that's so. hours of work for them. So you, you are limited in the amount of time you can do that. So um, yeah, your economy scales and your bills, that's, that's a whole other factor. But let's say you're done with all of that. 
You've got your print order. The whole book is ready to go. You've done all your art direction. You've done all your layout. What do you need to do next, Ross? Now you got this beautiful PDF. Uh, well, you have to at some point send it to them, and knowing that that oh nah. too soon oh too, too soon. soon okay. What did you write in the text that needs to be replaced? Uh, let's see here. The where it was printed or no? Well, in an RPG book, you typically refer to rules in oh, places yeah. where there's other rules. And so then we have what's called the page XX. Yeah. And that's when you wrote in the document that I'm going to put a page number here, but I don't know what page number, because <laughs> if it was page 200 on the Word document, it might be page 360 in the layout. You don't know. Yeah. So then you have to go through the whole page out and do out your page XX. Here's the problem with that, though. How many X's are in page XX? <laughs> uh, probably more than one. There's two, exactly. Yeah. How many numbers are there in page 365? Uh, three. Very good, Ross. <laughs> so, uh, as I discovered, because I'm a fucking idiot, I know page XX is the industry standard. But, oh, wait, if your book goes under 100 pages, or say it goes to 500 pages, the majority of your page number references are three X's. And you know what? You've gone a pixel over what was originally planned in the text. <laughs> Go back to start and begin again. Everything else starts over. You've pixel bixed too far, so now you're cutting words again. You're going for column well, length. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you got orphans. You got widows. You get to reread all 496 pages again after you've put the page XXs in. And then, once you've corrected, you have to go back and read it again to make sure they still refer to the right pages. And then, you get to go on to indexing, which is going to the back of the book and making a glossary of terms referenced by page number. And guess what? However many pages left you have in the divisible... That's how many pages the index better fucking be or go back to the fucking st It's like shoots and ladders. Anything goes wrong, you start completely over. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, so that was my last two weeks of my life. <laughs> well, in a, in, a, in a broader sense, this means you're at the stage where you have to at some point decide whether this PDF is going to be sent or not. And like, cause you have to, yeah, it, it, are the XXs figured out? Is the index figured out? Uh, well, you will also have to take the PDF version that you're going to distribute yeah. digitally. And that will also have to be a separate file. Yeah. Then what you're going to send with all the bleeds and gutters required of the printer because that would look utterly bizarre on a tablet or a yeah. Mobi or anything people are reading. So once you have it done, you get need to get the done version of the PDF, and then you need to convert that into the done version of the print PDF. Um, and you got to split those apart. Uh, yeah, a lot of commercial printers will have requirements uh, to for you to mark certain options in InDesign to like leave printer marks. Uh, there are certain marks that they require to show like. Uh, there are little like hash marks or little uh, uh, crosses that will like show. This is where the you cut, and this is where the bleed is, and it'll uh, look like utter nonsense on an iPad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you need to yeah. So that's a, that's the thing to keep your track of. But I think in general, you know, it, it, this stage is about like you figuring out at what point you have to stop. Like <laughs> there there is this psychological thing I think where you oh yeah, and as your page yeah. xxing, expect to find. Multiple typos, yeah. no matter how many times you edit it mm -hmm. or I like there's always more 
Uh, and I understand right now it's not perfect. I've just I've just read the book so many times, and I've had so many other people read it. Yeah. We're, we're we've gone blind. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So you have to come to terms with that, and you have to be re- ready to let go and accept what happens next. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, it, it, there are cheat. The thing is, there, and there that's are, the thing when you're proofing, yeah. it's not revision. Yeah, you cannot revise it. It's just you have the you have the space between where the paragraph ended and the next paragraph begins to make any well, well, fix. Sometimes, so like yeah. if a sentence is fucking nonsense, you can't just delete the whole sentence. You've right. got to do something that fills the column with. Well, th- sometimes there are like little there are ways to fix things without totally rippling, causing changes to ripple over the entire thing. No, and there and that's what you have changes. to do. And like, yeah, you do have to kind of train. Like, yourself for example, to do you that. could change the kerning so the words are just like a tenth of a millimeter closer in one paragraph. Yeah. Now, only one paragraph, so that pulls that last. Yeah, character. you got to do those little tricks yeah. and that kind of uh, stuff. So, yeah. the, so that that's a whole separate thing, and that's more of a layout artist, uh, graphic designer's prerogative. But like, or hit their task. But yeah, if you're not doing layout yourself, expect innumerable emails as you're like delivering changes, seeing those changes done, no. getting the changes done. Like for instance, um, we got to where the PDF was almost finished, and I got what I thought was going to be the final version of it. And there was an extra space on the first page, one hit of the enter button that uh, Kyle had missed. And it fucked up the left-right orientation for the entire book. Like, fr- it, it's down to a single pixel. And, like, that pixel was in there. And so everything else, just a cascading failure for the next 200 pages. And I almost had a heart attack just on the floor because I'm like, I was like, this is it. It's done. This is the one. And it's uh, like, it's just a gut punch. And like, you're just going to have to do that endlessly. And that's the thing. We corrected that one thing. And then we found other things to correct. So like, it's this, if you're working with someone else in the layouts, you're going to be talking a lot. Yeah. Like lots of Google, Skype, Gmail, all that kind of stuff. So. (sighs) <laughs> um, yeah, no, I remember after I got base readers done, like I had, I had asked many people for help for proofing errors. I got sick of it. Eventually I sent it out to be printed. And then like the week I set, the week after I sent them all out to backers, like, Oh, I found 50 errors in it, you know, or like 30. Errors. And I know it's going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, it's just, and I have scoured it like, and you, you have to accept that. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, the only, even the big commercial publishers have problems with this and they have teams of people with the degrees from Harvard, you know, working <laughs> on this shit and they still find errors. I mean, it's, it's, it's inevitable, but you have to do your best. Like, yeah. you, like you have to get all the easy unforced errors out as possible. Cause you don't want to, you know, you want to look as professional as possible. So there's the paradox of free press in a nutshell. Um, so what I will say for, uh, RM update, the PDF is done. It is a uh, 496 pages. I have not distributed it as of yet. I don't know when this is going to be posted because uh, I am still waiting to hear back about distribution. Because one thing um, your printer will do for you is they will factor shipping into your per unit cost. So you've printed this much. It's going to cost this much per unit. Um, And so the thing is my per unit cost is um, dependent upon um, not wasting time. So what a lot of times you will do is people will ship it to their house with smaller print runs, and then they will then find a distributor and ship it to your distributor. So you've essentially paid to shipping twice. Um, 
I can't afford to do that with the amount of books I'm printing. That's a stupid thing to do. Uh, we're talking about bringing a semi into a residential neighborhood at this yeah. point with pallets of books. So um, we are pretty, I'm going to say we're pretty much ready to go. I just have to get some paperwork from distribution people to make sure that, that I have can a, receive that, that they can yeah. receive it. And I have an address and I have a timestamp um, at that point. I will hit the big red go button uh, launch backer kit, distribute PDFs, uh, open things for pre-orders and, and stuff of that nature. Um, what I will say is that um, any budget overages I have are now gone because we're all about uh, being forthright here. Um, so I have been contacted by many people, though, that missed out on the Kickstarter and would love to buy a copy of Red Markets. So the day we launch that backer kit and make it available for pre-orders, you will be further supporting the brand in addition to paying your shipping cost, uh, which, again, I need to know the distributor's contract information before I can calculate that correctly. Yeah. Um, you can, again, help yourself, uh, help the book and, and, and make increasing supplements and support the game line. By uh, after paying your shipping costs, getting your friends that missed out on the Red Markets Kickstarter to bash that pre-order button. Because uh, we'll, that we'll, money will be going directly towards aiding the supplements. We'll have uh, plenty of info. We'll, we'll, we'll yell from the mountaintops at RPPR when, when that when, when that, that time comes. And I don't yeah. know. And that's the thing. I'm literally waiting for emails as we record this. So we could post this and I could still be waiting for an email. Or I have a big link in the news, yeah. Or we could be, you know, uh, have already launched this on BackerKit, and we could already be done. Um, That's also why I'm late on my update, because I don't want to say, no news this week, and then the next day be like, never mind, put your BackerKit information in and pay your ship. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and this is really the hardest part of pre-press. Like, you're gonna work yourselves into, like, a monastic frenzy, just pixel-bitching every single page of this book, and then eventually at one point, whether it's POD or full press, you're gonna have to send it away, and it's gonna be completely out of your hands, and that is a very anxious, anxious feeling. But it's actually kind of blissful in some ways because it's like I've done everything. There's nothing I can do. I'm free for. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just forget about it. I'm free. Yeah, until you have Dobby stre- is free, master. I have stretch goals, so Dobby ain't free uh, at all. Dobby's ass is working on a different <laughs> fucking book. But um, yeah, it's just an it, it's just a portion of anxiety. Yeah. Um, I will say that as I started this, I told you about this dream I had. Okay. Yeah. Where um, I was on trial. Yeah, because I printed the book and it sank on the boat, <laughs> and it was it was from the Merchant of Venice. Like yeah. all of the backers, like thousands of people were demanding they wanted a, their pound of flesh. A pound, demanding a pound of flesh. And then in the dream, this is where my brain and my anxiety just really took it up to the next level. Yeah. My brain said, "You know so little about the subject matter. You're comparing it to like 16th century." <laughs> renaissance drama they fourth wall your own dream. yeah yeah i fourth walled my own dream is like you are so out of your depth you're comparing your situation to the merchant of venice and that's all you can summon for an anxiety dream and then i woke up screaming um so that that's where i'm currently at until i get the right email uh, but this is this is pre-press this is and that's the thing like um with rpgs you got to you got to buy this ticket and take this ride. Like, yeah. 
ain't nobody going to come down and be like, you're the new RPG sensation, kid. <laughs> you're, to, you're never going to want again. You're gold. You know, like the, nobody's going to come around and do this work for you. Yeah. It's uh, the joy of self-publishing. And I thought I knew what I was talking about when I got into it, having done um, no security and having seen other people do it. But damn, it's just like a whole new level. There's like, always more and there's always worse. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is very true. <laughs> that's a good thesis. There is always more and it is always worse. So that, uh, that's our takeaway. Yeah, no, free press. Yeah, <laughs> There's always press. more, it's always worse. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>